listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3RRR. You are listening to the Breakfasters podcast for the week 30th of October to the 3rd of November. Uh, This week we talked about many things, one of which was paying it forward. I had a pleasant experience at a hospital and I felt like... I had to find a way to pay that pleasant experience forward. Uh, we also had a chat to Tony Martin, who has a debut novel called Deadly Kerfuffle, and I had a Japanese bath. Yes, you did. Got, and we got sp- to the nude. And hilarity ensued. As <laughs> <laughs> you expect. We spoke to Patrice Cullors from the Black Lives Matter movement, who's in Australia, and Laura Dunneman showed us her dark, angry side. It was quite something. Triple R, not for everyone, for anyone. You're tuned to Breakfasters here on Triple R with Jeff, Geraldine and Sarah. Patrice Cullors is an artist, organiser, Fulbright scholar and public speaker from Los Angeles, California. She's in Australia to receive the Sydney Peace Prize on behalf of the Black Lives Matter movement. And she's going to be speaking at a Wheeler Centre event next Saturday at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre alongside Opal Tometi, Alicia Garza and Rodney DeVerlis. Right now, though, she's joining us live on the phone. Welcome to Breakfasters. Thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. You helped launch the hashtag Black Lives Matter back in 2013. Feels like a lot has happened since then. So maybe you can give us a sense of the specific context that um, was taking place in America at that time. Yes, a lot has happened since then. And uh, we've been through multiple presidents, and we now have, um, you know, a president that's wreaking havoc across the country, and uh, some, some would argue the world. But Black Lives Matter actually started um, in 2013. It was a really a, a response. It was uh, black people in particular uh, feeling fed up with the conditions they were facing inside of the United States. And uh, we were responding to the acquittal of George Zimmerman, which was Trayvon Martin's murder. And uh, as we uh, heard the not guilty verdict of uh, George Zimmerman, we hit the streets. And from there, uh, really built a movement across the country. And um, many groups were uh, already protesting the, the murder of Trayvon Martin, and we were uh, helping amplify um, those protests. And what part then did the rally in Ferguson after the killing of Michael Brown play in establishing Black Lives Matter as an ongoing presence? That was huge. It, it, uh, the the uprising in Ferguson really mapped uh, the necessity for black people to be in the streets and to be demanding for our human rights. Uh, it was um, uh, the killing of Mike Brown that, uh, you know, many of us would say the pinnacle of our movement. And uh, we, after the non-indictment of Darren Wilson, we, you know, across the world had solidarity protest in response to St. Louis. Uh, and I would also say that um, when um, Mike Brown was killed, many of us went down to Ferguson to be in solidarity with the community. And uh, in that solidarity, in that act of solidarity, many of us went home and said, you know, we will not allow Ferguson to be an aberration. That in fact, this was happening around the country. Uh, and that would be the start of the Black Lives Matter global network that is now 40 chapters in the North America and including Canada and the United Kingdom. 
as you said, a lot has happened uh, since the movement was started and uh, Charlottesville occurred still only a couple of months ago now. I'm just wondering how the movement may be changing its focus in light of those events. Do you think there'll be a shift from focusing on police violence to perhaps the violence of the alt-right? No, we have to talk about police violence because that's not a a violence that has only occurred in the last four years. Law enforcement violence happening both on the streets and in the jails has been uh, um, an issue inside black communities for decades. But uh, we are focusing on on alt-right violence as well. Uh, But we are trying to have a conversation about how the alt-right isn't just... um, people who are going out in the streets, the alt-right also exists in government. And we have to go after um, local elected officials, state officials, and national officials who are impacting the daily lives of black people and our allies. Uh, The most recent figures I've seen is that US police killed nearly 500 people in the first six months of this year. That is an amazing statistic. How do we explain the extraordinary disproportion between that figure and the number of people being killed by police in other countries, including in other countries where the police are often quite racialized as well? What, what is it unique about the American police system? Well, there's no accountability here. Uh, there's also uh, our police, we're a, a gun-crazy country. Uh, our, all of our police are armed. Um, we uh, have no checks and balances around how law enforcement is allowed to interact when it comes to excessive force or deadly force. Um, in fact, any law enforcement officer can say that they felt um, scared for their life, and they, in, the, in their very rights as law enforcement, they're allowed to kill if, the, if it's about their safety. So then what ends up happening is the victim um, isn't actually a part of the the, uh, the the victim doesn't have a chance to have a conversation in that narrative, right? The the cop or the police officer becomes the main um, the main narrative, and I think that's a problem. Uh, you're also a performance artist. Um, I just wanted to know: Do you find uh, you know that as a as a tool to get your message across, like you know, through the art of performing? Yes. Um, I, I believe in art and cultural work as a performance artist. I believe um, art is a universal language. Uh, I can do an art piece about my work, and people, you know, uh, across race, across culture, will understand it um, and feel deeply moved by it. Versus me even doing a speech. So I really think that art is a really powerful tool in our movement. Mm. Black Lives Matter began under a democratic. President, we now have Donald Trump in power. What's been the relationship between the movement and the Democrats now? And understand that's always been a sort of fraught question for the American left. How have you been resolving that? Well, it's challenging. Um, uh, you know, many people under- know that the Democratic Party has really lost a lot of membership. Um, our generation um, don't believe in the Democratic Party's ability to revive itself. I think now more than ever, we need to see a multi-party system in the United States. Um, Many of us are thinking about what does it look like to build electoral power for black people in particular. And we're seeing a wave of black candidates, um, uh, such as uh, Mayor Antar Chokwe Lumumba in Jackson, Mississippi, that are taking seats of office and seats of power. And I think that is, is powerful. 
Okay, the event is on for the Wheeler Centre at the Melbourne Convention Exhibition Centre next Saturday. There's going to be an array of speakers. One of them is going to be Patrice Cullors, who we've just been speaking to. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You're in Jablar. Three Triple R. You are listening to Breakfasters uh, with Sarah Jeff and Geraldine. So, uh, do you know know what I did yesterday? Uh, What? I went and had a Japanese bath. Oh. Oh, you did it. I did it. How did that go? Well. And for those that don't know what a Japanese bath is, can you explain it? Uh, Yes, I can. So, Japanese baths, um, basically you go, it's, it's public... Um, bath you can have one at home if you've got the right equipment but basically it's you get naked you scrub you soak in the bath and then you get out you you know shower scrub have a sauna beautiful is it super hot yeah i think it's supposed to be like 41 degrees or something um but yeah it's quite warm it's you know lovely and it's you know the size of a you know, a spa at the pool, that kind oh, so it's of... it's quite small. I thought they were huge, like big shed. Well, the one that I went to was oh, quite... Yeah. And how many people were in it? Well, this is the thing. I went because, um, you know, I'm tr- trying to write a new show and um, I thought, oh, well, I'll... <laughs> Have some new experiences. <laughs> Have some new experiences and maybe, you know, tackle things that I'm anxious about and um, one of those things would be being naked in, in public. Yes, I um, can see that. <clears throat> I think that, that's... That would make most people anxious. Yeah, that's, you know, a few people... Objectively anxiety-provoking. Yeah. <laughs> But then there's people that, you know, do the the nudie run at Meredith. What's that? Yeah. And they just go, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's probably three days at a festival helps get them in the mind frame yeah. for <laughs> probably. running probably. that race as well. Probably. But Kat's always, you know, she's like, yeah, just, you know, walk around naked. Who cares? I'm like, well, I do. What yeah. if someone's looking? Um, so I thought, oh, you know, I'll go. I'll tackle I'll go um, during... I went during the day and I thought, no one's going to be there. It'll be fine. Like, Kath went the other day and she said there was only one other older lady there. Right, better when they're older too because, yeah. you know, you don't have to, you just... Yeah, and they're on their own. Grandma, you know? Yeah, yeah. just but keeping to themselves, no problem. And I thought, I'll go during, during the day. There's probably probably not going to be anyone there. It's just I'll be naked, not it'll at home. It'll be splashing about. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, it turns out I probably went at peak time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just was like, oh, so many. What do you mean? so upsetting. It's rush hour in the bath. Yeah, oh. I just went. <clears throat> and, like, but I was the only one there on my own. Oh, God. Oh. Just, yeah, there was. You go with other people. Yeah, well, you know, it's a nice, you know, people use it to socialise and, you know, you can sit there quietly and, you know, having a chat. And so they're all talking while you're in the bath? Yep. Oh. Yep. Just. So what did you do? How did you handle it? Did you try to, like, sidle up to some people and have a chat? <laughs> Feel it. It's probably not, probably not what you're supposed to do. I don't do. know if you can. Hello. S- <laughs> you come here often? <laughs> so, sidle up to someone when I'm naked in a bath. I was just. And I didn't think you Where were. Where did you look? 
Oh, it, oh everywhere. <laughs> no, so so okay. So talk us through this. So you you you, you get there and so you, you get there and then uh, they you, you know you take your shoes off. You go upstairs. They give you um, a towel and a um, like a a, a a scrubbing washcloth thing. Yep. Uh, what's that called? Loofah? Yeah. Loofah? Loofah? Loofah. Anyway, one of those. Uh, it's quite big and um, you get another little face washer type thing. I didn't actually use that much. You didn't use, but so, and then so there's like a change room and you uh, just take all your clothes off. You have off. to have a shower before you go in it? Yeah, yeah. So you take all your clothes off in the change room and then in the, they've got the little stools. So you sit down on a, on a stool and have a shower. Um, oh. Just You get the handheld... Showers. So Why do you have to sit? Well, that's just the way that they make. There is a you can stand up and okay. do it, but just the, that's the way they do it in Japan. Okay. They have the you know you sit there and you get the um and they've got shampoo and conditioner. Oh wow! And soap, so and body wash, so you just scrub do everything. Oh, it's lovely. And, so and you, do you have to take your clothes off? Is there yes, option? absolutely. No, no, no. no, no. You have to. You have, you have to. to. Do it. Okay. So you you do the scrub and then. You, so basically, you scrub and then you soak. So right. scrub and then yeah, hop in hop in the bath and soak for a bit and just relax. Think How about long things. for? Well, you you pay for like an hour, oh. so you've got an hour in that room with the shower, the the tub and the sauna. Oh. So I would oh. I had the the scrub soaked, got out, um, had another shower, hopped in the sauna for a bit. You went in the sauna first. No, bath first. Oh, bath, bath. So the sauna is the one that everyone's in together, is it? No, no you all everything's all in together. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, all everyone there looking Scrubbing at away. each other's bits. <laughs> and so, do, oh, do, do you get over do. that? Like, do you, do, does it just become normal? Yeah, very quickly. Very quickly, it does. But it's you know, I you know, f- my concern was n- not knowing what I was doing, like being there yeah. for the first time, and I couldn't work out the shower head, you know, because mm. I turned the tap oh. on like and I couldn't step. get the yeah, I couldn't get the water to come out of the shower head. Oh god! So I was just like sitting there, and and then I, just I had to like ask, <laughs> <laughs> just being very <laughs> like the thinker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. And then I, you know, had to. I just had to ask somebody. There. I was like, "How do you make the taps oh, work?" Oh God! And, um, it was fine. I mean, then uh, did you get bored? Because uh, I get bored in a bath. I get in a bath for ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, all right. "Well, that's yeah, when that's you, you got to have your gin tonic." But that's when you hop out and you know go scrub yourself. I had about four showers. Ah, just just got out, scrubbed, when you hopped in. The, the sauna was hard. Because it was well, because it's hot. <laughs> I mean, but it's and you can't do anything. So you just have to sit and sweat, sit and sweat. And so these people who so are there with count. these people who are there with their friends, are they all chatting? Like, do you feel are you supposed to join in, or do you just sit there? No, by they would just you know, it's just like being at a cafe and someone's you know, you got two mates next to you, <laughs> just having a bit of a chin wag and talking about their troubles at work and stuff, and just trying to. Would you, would you do it again? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it again. It was, do you know, I came out, I was feeling very relaxed and it's. I highly recommend everyone to do it because the, the naked thing, it goes really quickly. Does it really? Yeah, it does. It surprises it's me. Re- yeah, it's like <clears throat> you kind of, once you're naked and it's, yeah, it's just kind of no one no one cares yeah. and it's and you pick up on that really quickly. And so do you feel then 
but you sort of more relaxed because of that because you kind of overcome you know anxiety about yeah i think so yeah you get over it and you know it's just it's just nice to feel clean and just soak in a in tub. How do you get into the tub? That's my only thing because I'm very ungraceful when I get into a swimming oh, well. pool. <laughs> yeah, well. Was that, do you have to think about that? I, I, yes, you have to think about everything. <laughs> yeah, <You're> right. Like, <laughs> you a big belly flop. <laughs> but you just, there's steps. So you just okay. s- step up and step into it. Okay. So, and then it was like, well, where do I... Where do I sit? Because there's like there was a um, a step in the in the butt, so like a spa, was, yeah. And so I was like, do I sit on the step or do I go sit? But if I sit on the step, then I might be in the way of someone yeah. getting, getting in. in. And then so I just went off to the side, and then everyone else sat on the step, and I was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. And Did then, you just float around? No, I just kind of sat against the wall. Ah, okay. Yeah, just a bit lower than everybody right else. Yeah. I'm glad that you had a nice time, but I feel this is not for me. No, I think you'd 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 be a yeah, I recommend you do it. It's very relaxing and nice and I'm 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 glad that I did it and I'll probably do it again. Maybe we can go together next time. Would you you'd have to get naked. We'd have to get naked in front of each we'll other. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> 3 triple with Sarah, Jeff and Geraldine. Hey, so we've spoken before about how sometimes I, and I think you did too, Geraldine, use the secret to help us get parks. Yeah, yeah. Car parks. That's where you just ask the world and you shall receive. I've used it to get um, uh, glasses of champagne at a party. There you go. Without having to go to the bar. You can use it for anything. Does that work? Yeah. I just stand there and go... Okay, world, I would like a glass of champagne and someone hears it and goes to the bar and comes back with a glass. I have to get, it, have to get in on that. It's yeah. meant to be in your head, but, yeah. like, that works as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yesterday I was trying to find a park at a, a very busy hospital and it was on a main road and I couldn't find one anywhere and uh, I asked the universe for a park. Did you to, say, Hail Mary, full of grace, please find me I a parking that, space? No, I didn't, but that is, I do remember that from my childhood. <laughs> well, I did a bit of, you know, come on world, help me out. and then Jeff at, liked that one. I <laughs> loved it. So it's one good thing about being a Catholic. You just get parks whenever you need them. You get taught magic spells. Mary deals with the little stuff and the big stuff. Uh, yeah, so I just said, come on, world, could you give me a park, please? And that very moment, a man walked out of a door in the hospital, crossed the road in front of me to his car and got in a car in a, in a parking space. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, that's great. The secret worked again. And I put on my indicator and then he opened his door and I thought he was doing that thing where... They turn around and go, sorry, mm. not Just leaving. Just putting something in my car. Yeah. Yes. Cause he was, but then he started walking towards me. Then I thought, are you going to attack me? But <laughs> then he actually had his parking ticket in his hand and he said, oh, he's got an extra hour and a half on it. Whoa. There you go. Ah. And then he left and then I got a parking space and I didn't have to pay for parking, which I felt was a very – I know, like double. So the secret gave and gave to me or whatever that we university did. But – it did leave me thinking that I feel like I have to now kind of pay it forward. Yeah, but don't you think that maybe you've you've been rewarded for something something that oh, you've already done? Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Mm. It was a reward, not something that I have to pay oh, forward. Yeah. You just say, I deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, maybe, um, maybe stuff like that's more likely to happen somewhere like a hospital. You know, oh. like people may be thinking of... 
Others, Others, you know, encourages you to be a little bit altruistic, perhaps. Perhaps that is the answer. So you don't think I should pay it forward? Because I'm trying trying to think of something. I (laughs) I don't want to stand in the way of you paying something forward. (laughs) But what can I do? I think you're going to pay it forward anyway. Like, that's just your nature to... You'll do something nice to somebody without mm. even realising it, I think. When the opportunity comes up, as if you were, if that was swapped, yes, as if you wouldn't then give your ticket to, yeah, if it had an true. hour and a half on it. Would I you? definitely would. Would you have, like, looked at the guy first and made the decision? No, I'd probably just give it just to them, sort I think. Just sized him up and thought, do you deserve well, this? Well, clearly you would have. <laughs> yeah. I would have done. Have you ever done something for someone like that, Jeff? <laughs> you ask me, have I ever done anything nice for anyone? As it happens, I was in the street yesterday um, and the guy asked me, he was like a tourist or a traveller, and he asked me, where is Flinders Street Station? Oh, yeah. And I told him. Mm. Is, that, is, that, is that altruistic or is that just not being an arsehole? Yeah. Because had you not Did told you, him, that would have made you... Do you ever get that moment of slight anxiety? God, where is it? Somewhere. Yeah, I gave someone time. I gave someone instructions the other night, and, and then five minutes after I gave them to him, I, gave, I made him walk all the way from North Melbourne to Flinders Street. I don't know what I was doing, and then five minutes later, I realised I gave him the wrong instructions, <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. I was so panicked about it. Yeah, I've done yeah. that so many oh times. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's horrible. that's the opposite of yeah. yeah no. Sometimes <laughs> I've done it deliberately. Uh, yeah, go on. All right, Let's there's just... someone ringing. I don't. Oh. <laughs> God. Hello, you're on Triple R. Hello. Hi. Hello, you're on Triple R. Are you ringing for any particular reason? Ah, yes, I am. We're talking about pay forward. Yes, we? yes, we yes, saw. We're... She saw her. Go ahead. You're live on air. I had uh, I had a little story to add to uh, to your discussion. There, I love it. Um, we live down in a little community down uh, the Mornington Peninsula called Summers, and uh, a very nice lady in the community down here created a Facebook page called Summers Pay It Forward. Oh. Now, it's just the locals down here, but everything on that page is for free. You are not allowed to sell anything. You can ask for help and uh, directions, recommendations. People find lost dogs. They put photos on, on them there. It is the best. Oh, my God, I love this. This is one of the feel-good stories of 2017. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've all, we're all given away free things, and when you've got something you don't need, we whack it on Pay It Forward. We all just call it Pay It Forward. And uh, somebody will come around and pick it up or, you know, somebody's grown an excess amount of zucchinis, they say free zucchinis. Oh, I love this. I want to start one for Coburg. Do you have to be in Summers yeah. to get all this stuff? Uh, yeah, well, I pretty much work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. That's really lovely. Yeah. It made me feel better about the world. You know, we should all do a bit of that, I reckon. Uh, I agree. I agree very much. Thank you. Get on your brake passes. Thanks, so, thanks mate. <laughs> and I love summers even more than I, yeah. I didn't love it before. I didn't really know it very well. But well, isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. That I makes me though, feel better about the world. Do you reckon that would oh, work? Come on, Don't bring it down. Don't bring it down. I was just going to say, I wonder if there's something particular about that neighbourhood that makes it work, though. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like what? Look at it, bring it down. People there are nice. He's saying Coburg couldn't do that. No, yeah, Coburg could do it. You could do it. I reckon it, it's, you know, people have got to have a have a crack at it. Uh, I d- but, and then there's – I tried to do something nice once. <gasps> what? And it, <laughs> once? And it, <laughs> like Never now. again. And it didn't work. What was it? 
I um I had a, a Sky Bus return ticket. Oh, yeah. And I realised I didn't need a return ticket because I was getting a lift or whatever. Yes. So when um, uh, oh, I'd had, yeah, I was at the um, at the station um, and there was a woman lining up to get a ticket and I said, oh, hello, um, I've got this ticket but I actually don't need it. Yes. So um, if you like, you can have it. Oh, that was nice. And, yeah. And she looked me up and down and went, mm no, thanks. What? what do you mean? Why? She thought I was just trying to scam her, oh. and went, "No, nah, I'll just, I'll just buy my own That's ticket." Terrible. Thank you. What did you say to her? I went, "Oh, uh, sorry. It is like it's. I think she looked at the date on it or something, and went, oh, that doesn't look like it'll be.'" <gasps> and I went, "Oh, okay." So, what I went were you to- wearing that would make her think that you were dodgy? Oh. I don't know. Was she? Do you know what I mean? Do you think she was looking? No, at you? no I just would have been wearing like jeans and a. Jeez, that's. Was weird. she like a tourist though? You know how sometimes like when no, you go. No, she was to... a hoity-toity old lady <laughs> who was just like, no, I'm not gonna. I'll pay my way. I'll I've spend got money. my money. <laughs> Rattle my pearls. Yeah. Oh, you know, like sometimes when you go to another country, you, your head's full of all those guidebook things yeah. that tells oh, you yeah, people yeah. will approach you and offer you Skybus tickets. Yeah. Do not fall for <laughs> that trap. Take them. So I went to the I went to the guy in front of her, and because he kind this guy that was standing in front of her turned around and kind of looked at me. I'm like, "Do you want it?" And he went, "Yeah." And he took it and got on the bus, and That's so, so she saw all that. And Do you went, think she felt like an idiot? Uh, yeah, pro- I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Pay it forward. <laughs> Three, triple, ah. Oh. You're tuned to Triple R. The show is Breakfasters with Jeff Geraldine and Sarah. You'll know Tony Martin as a comedian, broadcaster and presenter, presenter, but he's just written his first novel. It's called Deadly Kerfuffle. What a great title. And it's out now through Affirm Press. Welcome to Triple R. Thanks. Uh, do I have to get this out of the way quickly because someone from The Bachelor will be coming in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to say why they were voted off or whatever happens? Yes. You're going to get booted out in a moment. <laughs> Good. Uh, as I said in the introduction, you've done lots of stuff. Why? a novel has that always been an ambition of yours well I've written other books about my life and uh, I've ran out of life to (laughs) to plagiarise to exploit Um, so yeah I just had a crack at something fictional actually what it was was uh, I started writing it in 2006 and forgot about it and then just found it on a laptop, the first five chapters of this book from 11 years ago. And it was really interesting because I couldn't remember anything about it. So it was like reading something someone else had written. What's going to happen next? Exactly. (laughs) And then it got to the point where it just stopped. I mean, well, what, what's happening now? There were, there were no notes about what was supposed to happen, what the author was thinking. So then I just spent like another year trying to finish it. So it was quite, And I thought, if I don't know what's going to happen, hopefully anyone reading it will have no idea what's going to happen next. It's very much about the craziness buried beneath the quiet streets of the suburb, Dunlop Crescent in particular. Is that your background? Are you a suburban boy? Yeah, I sort of am, but from New Zealand, the New Zealand version of... Uh, of Upper Middle Bogan, I guess. Because I, I worked on that show, Upper Middle Bogan. We're filming out in Keylor, Taylor's Lakes. And I'm going, this is exactly like Hillcrest in uh, in New Zealand. I always remember, do you know how um, uh, Video Easy, remember Video Easy? Yes, very well. Remember how um, 
in the car park video, Easy, all of the spaces were named after film stars. Oh, my God. I forgot that till just ah, then. I remember that. It was like... Yes. Uh, we had a great day where we there's a video easy yes. that closed down a few years ago in, I think it would be Malvern on Taronga Road, almost at the corner of High Street. Yeah. And we just went there and it was abandoned and I could just see moss had grown over all the... <laughs> and we were, we were oh, like no. archaeologists. We were just <laughs> pulling away the moss. It was like, oh, look, there's Whoopi Goldberg. And then the next, oh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I remember the one, uh, the video easy in my town in New Zealand. This, is, this will tell you what kind of town it is. There were two spaces for... Patrick Swayze, so <laughs> whenever I think of where I'm from, I think of that. Uh, he's, an important, he's an important figure. This is a crime novel, but your protagonist, Gordon, isn't a detective or a spy. No. Basically, he's just someone who wants to be left alone. Well, what I've done is, uh, I've, I've mentioned this before, uh, that uh, in the town, in that town that I mentioned, Hamilton in New Zealand, there was uh, a street that had... 20 council houses in it, all facing the front, but the seventh one along, for some reason, was on a strange angle, and word went round our school that Egyptians had moved into that house and had turned it to face Mecca. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my now, God. I'm assuming that that's not oh true. My God. I'm assuming that wasn't true. It was the 1970s. But I remember I went back there, like, ten years later, and people were just openly talking about that like that was fact. No. Do you remember that time they turned that house? And so I've imagined... What if a rumour went around like that that was happening in somewhere like Camberwell or Kew or Hawthorne and there's a protest rally to protest the um, proposed Islamic rotation of the property and the local newspaper has a diagram of the house revolving with un-Australian intent and then it sort of um, spirals out of control and the local talkback station names the street Terror Street and then the house is burned down and one of the characters goes to jail for burning the house down and then this character Gordon realises the only way he can get his friend out of jail is to prove who really burnt the house down and it's some white supremacists so he has to infiltrate the white supremacist group by pretending to be racist and he learns how to be racist by reading all the comments board uh, <coughs> under the local newspaper's uh, most popular columnist oh. and so it's it's and it's all set in 2006 so it's set in the past but it's kind of based on things that are, that are going on now and then it just ends up being like a, a a, um, a Tom Clancy thriller. All right, I've, I've got to get this out there before we go <laughs> any further. Triple R actually features in this novel. Oh, yes. Yeah, this there's is a scene. cameo from a character called Reg Tarpaulin who hosts an angry talkback program called who, who Up is, the Guts. Who is that, Tony? Based on? That's who is just, that? It's just an imagining. <laughs> Tony Wilson and I often will do uh, talkback on this station and get some angry calls. But what I really loved was I think there's like an entire paragraph in the book that describes the foyer of. <laughs> <laughs> of Triple R, because a character, an undercover uh, sort of government agent, has to pretend to be a local from this area, very unconvincingly, come in with a bundle of in press magazines. That is 2006. And he's sort of lurking in the foyer, spying on this guy who's gone on this show up the guts on Triple R, and <laughs> and he he's he's looking at all the brochures, uh, you know, not brochures, so that what he called flyers right. and handouts for. Uh, music and theatre events that happened months ago and not recognising any of the bands and I think I have him thinking you could spend hours in here and never know that Nickelback are touring <laughs> <laughs> so 
but I just I've never had as much fun as describing the foyer of Triple R in a book. And, when, and I had to fictionalise so much of Melbourne. Like I've had to. There's no Herald Sun. There's no Age. There's three AW. I've made fictional versions of those. But I'm going. Nah, Triple R has to be Triple R. Oh, uh, you've written a stack of. Well, you've written a lot for film and for TV as well. How does this compare writing a novel? Well, I find that um, it's funny because friends of mine who've read it have gone, "Oh, is this going to be a movie?" And I'm going, "No, I haven't <laughs> thought of it being a movie." And they can just say they can feel. They can picture all of the scenes. And what I realise is that because I've been writing TV and film scripts for years, I've written this book imagining it like a movie and seeing each scene and storyboarding it in my head. So, so do you I, think that could be a deal? I don't know. I don't know if that's the right... That someone, people keep saying to me, oh, it'd be a good film. And I'm going, but you know what happens with um, most novels? Like how many times do you see a film of a novel and they've had to cut 90% of it out? Yeah. Mm. I just think most novels are, would be better off being a TV series, yeah. don't you think? Yes, and I feel like Triple R would definitely get cut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first scene to go, it yeah. would be, it would be, they'd redo it as a, it would be a station with Sophie Monk on it, yeah. and Ed Sheeran would be coming in carrying an acoustic guitar, uh, doing a cameo. Speaking of that, there's another radio character, and one of the main characters is a shock jock called Julian Spence, who's yes. quite an odious figure. You've worked a lot in <laughs> radio. Odious. How, how many Julian Spencers have you known? Oh, I've, well, see, I've never worked in AM kind of talkback radio, but often if you're promoting something, you have to go into one of those stations as a guest. And I remember going into the one where John Laws was on and being in the what's called the off studio, so through the glass you could see the one where, oh, where the next show's going to happen. And I remember seeing two guys in dust coats come in with a wooden box and the they, gold mock? Yes. No. How's the way you said that? It was like you'd actually seen it. And they, and they had cotton gloves on and they opened no. this wooden box and it was like green felt lining inside and they oh. lifted out the gold microphone and installed it because only a microphone made oh of God. solid gold is good enough for the words of John Laws. Wow. And as you know, every radio studio in the world is the same. There's no point in having a gold micro. It's like having a gold toilet brush at a sewage treatment plant, really. It's ridiculous. It's just a radio studio. The, the radio studio here looks like the most expensive radio studio in the world. It does, they doesn't don't, it, right? They don't look any different. You should have been in here the other day when we had that mic taped up. <laughs> the taped microphone. It's taken out of its special box. I've got to say, I don't think I could work here anymore unless I get at least a steel of a so I've just used uh, little bits of information like that. But it's funny though because I keep going on radio stations again. Is that meant to be me? Is that I was on John Fain? He's going right. Have you used any? You know, people immediately think that you're, <laughs> you know, I'm putting them in the book. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you just don't say that to them. You no. say, <laughs> say that about them. No. Well, Stanza Mark, remember Stanza Mark? Oh, He's yeah. dead. But I remember hearing that he was horrible on air but quite nice off air. And so that, to me, was really interesting, having someone who was, rather than just have a horrible guy who's horrible all the time, I went, what if it's someone who's putting on a bit of an act? It's like when you hear about people who used to work with Andrew Bolt at the age in the 80s, and they went, oh, he was quite nice then. Wow. <laughs> it was quite reasonable. And then you go, right, is that an act that he's doing on that terrible show? Yeah, I had a friend who used to work with him. He says he was, he, his great ambition was to be a poet. <laughs> 
Seriously. Oh my God. Seriously. He wanted to be a poet. That was oh his thing. Oh, my God. That just makes you want to go to his blog <laughs> and just turn it all into right, first <laughs> Exactly. Haikus. An anti-immigration haiku. <laughs> Uh, so you, you've written this book now. Is this? Do you see yourself writing more novels? Have you got the, the taste for it now? I don't know because it, it, you know I have to wait and see if I've gotten away with it because I've only actually met about three people who have made it to the end. So it's like the jury is out. <laughs> it could be a massive debacle, and I'm just I don't know. We'll wait and see. All right, the book is entitled Deadly Kerfuffle. It's out now through a firm press. We've been talking to its author Tony Martin. Thanks so much for coming. Cheers. You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3RRR in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> Hello, Laura Dunham. Hello, everybody. What was the Hello, face? Laura. Jeff yeah. was like sighing and shaking his head. I think it's the song. Oh, it's the song. It's been the same song every I Friday for nearly I, two years. Do you I hate go, it worse and worse each time. Do you yeah. want to go back to me making up jingles on the spot? Yes, yes. please. Sure. Let's do it next. Oh, do you want me to? No, nah, we'll do it next time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's Friday. I'm doing it. Let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> the song is actually better. Hello, everybody. How are you Hello, going? Very well. Thank yeah, you. good. Oh, that's good. How um, are you? Well, I'm good, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about uh, a particular emotion that I've been feeling recently. Because mm. last night I was love. sitting. Love. Hate. Hate. Anger. Anger. <laughs> this is, no, this is good. It's good to label your emotions. Yes. Is because it? emotions, mm-hmm. as my psychologist says, are just clouds in the sky passing through oh. different oh. shapes, always moving. Oh. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's it's comforting. That Something comforting. for us all to think about. But I want to talk about being angry. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> last night I was sitting on my couch and I was trying to figure out what to talk about today. I thought, oh, am I going to talk about what the difference between a raincoat and a poncho <laughs> is? And I thought, oh, no, maybe the breakfasters team will already talk about that. <laughs> for 10 minutes. They probably already cover that topic. <laughs> and then I, I was having trouble because I was trying to send a video in an email. Isn't that the oh, worst? Yes. And I was getting, I was raging out. What, what do you mean? Just, just attach a video to an yes, email? I never yes. tried to do that. And at one point I just made the most sort of guttural sound because I was just so angry and it was really getting and i've and i realized that i've been raging out a bit recently particularly road rage oh my god i've been road raging have you been there are some really bad drivers out there Mm -hmm. like terrible i live um quite close to turak and I don't mean to generalise, but there are some shocking drivers in that area and I've taken to putting my Let middle me... finger up <gasps> at all the To rack of you? Yeah, but they beat me. They beat me. <gasps> Do they? Yeah. 
Tell me why. Because they want me to crowd the intersection. They can't oh. see ahead far enough that there's not room and then they beat me and then I turn around and give them the finger. And you- what's their response like? <gasps> Shock horror because I give them a face as well. Oh. God, you seem so nice when you come in here. I know. Well, other side have you, you ever seen that? You probably haven't. I'm quite calm. But, I, yeah, I raged out at a tram driver as well oh, the other day because wow. it was at the end of the line, yes. the end of the last tram stop, and I got off and I'd forgotten to touch off on my Mikey. Yeah. Mm. So I walked about five metres and then I realised I came back to the tram driver and I said, I'm sorry, I just forgot to touch off. And he said, you can't get back on the tram to touch off. You've gotten off now. You're going to have to pay for an all-day pass. What? Like that. What? Oh, my God. What a... I know. And Ding I said, that. but I just got off the tram. He goes, I'm not letting you back on. You've you've gotten off. That's your mistake. What an... Oh, Hang on. Can <laughs> we, I, I want to say more than that. Backtrack a bit. I didn't think you had to touch off on a tram. Well, I never touch off anyway. I think you yeah. do to to get the yeah. two hour pass. Like if you've oh, only really? been on it for under yeah, two hours, you, you have do. to touch off it because otherwise they don't know that get, you've. You get are you for real? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. My God, I've been so paying I so just, much money. I just gritted my teeth and I just walked straight past him and touched off, and I went, "Oops, <gasps> too late." How did you do that? <laughs> Did you make the sunset? Hang did on, but, how did he, but he wasn't letting you on the tram. How did you get on the tram? Doors well, were was open. Just, the doors were open. He was just standing there. There was nothing stopping him. Did you maintain him. eye contact the entire time? Did you just no. climb past him, climb up the I'm stairs? I'm bad with maintaining eye <laughs> It would have been fantastic if I maintained eye <gasps> Oopsies. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Yeah. What did he do? He he just like shook his he just like sort of shook his shoulders and walked oh. back onto the tram. What you going to say? He shook his fist. <laughs> <laughs> you rascal! <laughs> I'll get you one day. You'll never be back on my You'll tram. You'll never again. be back on the tram system again. Wow. Yeah. Well anyway, done. I've been now, I raging. feel like that is going to come back to haunt you. Like you are going to be running for a tram one day, and <laughs> you're going to look at him. He'll look at me like you. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, I've made some enemies around my local (laughs) (laughs) So I thought Mm. to combat that, I'll come up with a couple of tips for how to, you know, manage your anger and stress. So I've named this list because we were just saying I do often come on here with a list. Mm -hmm. This list is called Stress Less, Be Your Best, Don't Let Others Get You Down. That's I'm not very good at rhyming. Mm. I couldn't come up with the last bit. That's all right. Anyway, it's descriptive. Mm. Here's a couple of things you can do just to calm yourself, right? Because when I got home last night after driving, I was, was like, raging. And then the email, I was just like, you can get in the shower, turn all the lights off, curl up into the fetal position and listen to Enya. Yeah. And it's like you're back in the womb. (laughs) With the shower on? With the shower on, just yeah. warm water. <laughs> you cry if you want to yeah. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. I've done I, that. I, I, don't, yeah. I feel like it's a bit disturbing. I try don't it, Jeff. No. I don't think I want to do that. Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> I feel like it might not ever come out. We sleep in the fetal position. There's something. <laughs> Imagine if we just it's found true. your body and it's just like curled up and the hot water had run out. <laughs> Sail away, sail away. Sail away. <laughs> it was like, and death was just this huge mystery. And then, like, people listened back to this radio and segment. Like, it was like, oh, that's what he tried to do. 
Anyway, oh. be careful. Don't drown yourself. But um, binge watch some TV. Oh, yeah, oh, just can I escape. guess what you what you would binge watch on? I don't know if you'll guess it, but yes, guess it. Frasier. Oh, I love Frasier, obviously. Mm. I'll easily binge watch on Frasier. At the moment, though, I'm binge watching another F-titled show, Felicity. Oh, do you remember oh, the nineties yes, drama? I never sort of watched a, it. Watched oh, University you've of New watch York. Gotta watch it back. It is so bad. It's so good. Oh, really? Is it? Oh, and she cut her hair off, and then the ratings dropped, and they made her grow her hair back. Yeah, but she cut it. It was good. It was good when she cut her hair yeah. off, and actually, it looked kind of good on her as mm. well. Or Great British Bake Off. Oh, with uh, what's his name in it? With Noel Fielding, Noel Fielding now. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's Because they've changed the TV hosts and everyone thought that it wouldn't be good it's and now so Noel good. Fielding is the TV host and they were all like, it's going to be terrible. It's really good. So good. He's really funny in it. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, eat some nachos, right? And I've got a really good reason for this. Jeff's looking very <laughs> well, he often does when I come Yeah. <laughs> He's like, sat up straight. What's this about? Nachos? <laughs> Did you been ignoring me up until I heard nachos. The buzzword for Jeff. I do like nachos. Because, like, people say, like, when you're stressed or angry, you should, like, drink herbal tea or, you know, have things that calm you. I think you should have things that distract you because there's nothing more distracting than having a bowl of nachos and trying to get the right proportions of sour cream and guacamole yes. on all of them. Mm. You, all of your troubles float out of your head. Don't you think it would make you angry? It makes me angry because if it's you a can't get the cream in and bowl, it falls off, and then or if you or get... if the nachos have gotten soggy underneath, I don't mind the soggy. You yeah. know when you get nut, and then there's a whole handful of nachos underneath with nothing on them. That's no. the worst. Yeah. Dry like nachos, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to have another bowl of nachos to calm myself down. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, imagine Donald. Oh, this is like this is like around the clouds, the, just the clouds moving in the sky and calming you down. Mm-hmm. Imagine Donald Trump crying in the bath, choking on a Big Mac. That makes me feel calm. Oh, right? yeah. Ah. Mm. Geraldine's doing it now. Yeah. That's a nice thing to yeah. do. Mm. I don't want to imagine him naked, though. No, just... just to, say he's wearing Speedos. Oh, OK. Oh, oh just, imagine, <laughs> just imagine the top half. The top just half. the top yeah. half. Yeah, we're looking at a horizontal view of yeah. him. Oh, OK. And then he chokes. <laughs> And my Look, last I'm just going to put it out there because I can't get one more message about it. You don't have to touch off in zone one oh, on the tram. You? Oh, no. thanks, everybody. Only in zone two. There you go. We've got a few oh, texts. Thank you. Uh, there we go. Yep. Great. Always out there, triple, triple R listeners, oh, no. helping us out. <laughs> Great. I didn't ask, but... <laughs> oh, no, we did ask, actually. We did yeah, ask, so, yeah. yeah, sorry. And my last one before I go is um, this one's just a dig at you guys is to have a oh, good oh. sleep in. Oh. oh. Sorry. Well, I'll be doing that tomorrow. You'll be doing so. that tomorrow because it's the weekend. Really? Or will you be sanding floors? No, that's <laughs> no weekend after. <laughs> got anyway, a... stay calm, relax, and just sail through venue. life. Sail away, sail <laughs> away, sail away. Thank you, Laura Donovan. My pleasure. You're listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3RRR.